0: there are so many different situations that will arise out of this. And one of them is realizing they're spending too much money and they should downsize in case this happens again. So they have some money in reserve. Another one will be they need, they realize they need more space because they can't stand being so close in confined quarters with their family. Another one will be nine months from now, there will be a surplus of babies coming and people will need bigger homes. Another thing will be, People are gonna get divorced. I've already started to see it and hear stories about it, and they will need to move as well. So uh, combine all of that, it's just it's gonna get busy.
1: All right. Good. You're gonna interrupt me already? (laughs) Well I am episode eighty of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Ariel Cormendi and got my partner as always. I'm Adrian.
0: Adrian Trot. Thanks for the intro.
1: Episode 80 of this podcast. And today we're going to... I want to talk about the blog that we posted, um, Top Properties to Invest in Right Now. It's available on our website. Um, And the reason I wanted to talk to you about that today, Adrian, is because I got a number of DMs from people that Um, say, hey, yeah, I'm thinking about uh, buying an investment property. Is it a good time? What kind of properties? Yada, yada, yada. So I wanted to chat a little bit about that because I believe what's happened now with COVID is uh, it's changing the a little bit of the layout, if you will, or the dynamics of owning an investment property and the thought process behind that. And um, also the demand, what I believe is going to be the demand for rental properties uh, going forward, uh, whether it's due to affordability or liquidity or whatever. Um, So that's the topic for today, my friend. What did you have for
0: breakfast? Oh, geez, I had a bowl. I uh, Tessa wanted to make a fruit salad. So we had, what did we have? We had very limited fruit on hand, apple and banana. So we diced up some apple and banana. And I threw that in with some granola and plain Greek yogurt. That was my breakfast. Well,
1: that's not too bad. Uh, not much of a fruit yeah. salad. When you start adding yogurt in there, it's more of a uh, parfait.
0: Well, no, I, it was, yeah, exactly. But she calls it a fruit salad.
1: So one of my favorite things as a kid was making fruit salad and sprinkling just a little bit of sugar on top and a squirt of lemon juice and tossing that all together. It's quite nice. Yeah, I sounds had, good. I actually had a similar breakfast. I had a... Did you? Yeah, I had some uh, plain Greek yogurt with uh, um, a muesli that has um, all kinds of seeds in it, like hemp, pumpkin, and uh, flax and what. And uh, uh topped it off with a nice uh handful of blueberries and um just a drizzle of honey on top and it was uh it was delicious. Gave me the
0: few I, I feel like I should raise my chair up. It's funny if I raised my chair up half an inch. And because I I, I, <laughs> I blocked that one light. But my chair it doesn't actually adjust anymore. It's no longer adjustable, so I'll have to just sit up.
1: Well considering oh, no, there's you do work from home a fair bit now and uh well obviously now but uh probably will work from home more forward it might be a good idea to invest in a good chair i'm thinking of doing the same we kind of talked about that in the yeah. podcast anyways um yeah. let's get right to it so you know st- i i posted a few things on the stories instagram stories uh yesterday and and there's there's a difference between statistics and reality, right? Like statistics are taken well, absolutely. from the Toronto real estate board or whatever board you're looking at and they're taken as a whole. And then, you know, certain things aren't taken into account. Like if a property was on the market and then it canceled the listing or expired the listing and it comes back on and it sells in two days for X amount of dollars. It's that new listing that's taken into account um, and not the past listings. And so there's a lot of uh, numbers that we will see in the statistics that don't tell necessarily a true story. Um, So there's a difference between looking at statistics and people talking all that professional jargon. And then, you know, the blue collar side of actually being, you know, in the thick of it and being in the, in the know of exactly what's going on in the market. And that's when a good, uh, a good realtor understands exactly the pulse of, uh, of what's happening. And in the last week, we've seen a tremendous increase on activity and interest. Um, I just noticed you did a a deal this week out in Cambridge. Congrats. Um, Thank you. Heather has uh, uh, had an offer in on a property uh, last night in Oakville. Chris did a deal here in Milton. Um, we got uh, a number of people that contacted us in the last week that want to list their property for sale. So we've got a bunch of listings lined up for June, July, and and forward. Um, so the activity is starting to spur, and um, and that's why I think we got a lot of uh, messages on this um, on this blog. So.
0: Obviously. Well, one of the best gauges we have is definitely just um, our firsthand experience with people and we can see firsthand and hear firsthand what their outlook on the market is because uh, that's you know, that will tell us kind of what direction things are heading. If people have a very positive outlook, if people are anxious to sell and buy and they're excited about the thought of it still, then, you know, then we can generally get a good understanding for where we're going to be. And that's the way it's been this entire time. And there were people forecasting like a 30% uh, reduction in property value, uh, where we've seen maybe 5%. And I think it's already starting to creep up now uh, that people are um, getting, especially the warmer weather and government changing their policies to promote people to go out and uh socialize a little bit more at least get outdoors anyways um so i you know that's our biggest thing and i i was listening to one local realtor who was forecasting oh he he was actually giving all the other real estate agents a hard time those who were saying oh it's going to boom you know the market's going to come back really strong he was saying no you know i worked through the 2018 recession and it took a good year and a half to get back on track and that's what's going to happen again and that's that's his mentality. So perhaps that's the direction his business will take because he's not motivated to hustle uh, because of the, what he thinks will happen. But I think he's completely wrong. I think uh, based on what we're hearing and seeing, it is going to come back very strong It never really, you know, I mean, it definitely, um, the volume was down significantly, but, uh, the positive outlook was never, and it's already starting to come back quick.
1: So, when we talk about things like um, you know affordability and um especially as a as an investment property, you know people have generally will have either equity in their existing home or some sort of cash on hand or other type of investment that they want to transfer and buy some real estate um, We've seen the stock market bounce back uh, quite a bit in, in many sectors. Um, you know uh, I talked about Facebook uh, several weeks ago when it was down around 175 bucks a share. and you know, I've been invested in, in that stock for a number of years now. and I saw that as a buying opportunity but had no, no funds. Uh, to To invest, unfortunately, it's at two hundred and twenty dollars uh, right now, which is the highest it's ever been. Um, so certain certain sectors are doing extremely well. So I think most people's portfolio uh, will come out of this relatively balanced. If you went into it with with a relatively balanced portfolio, if if you were uh, all in on uh, oil or whatever, then you know it might be a different story. But um, so I, I think people will come out of this okay, because now as the uh, markets and businesses and just the economy starts opening up, you know, two months is not going to... It's going to put some hardships on people, but uh, it won't take long for things to get back to normal, even though it'll, there will be a, a new normal, as everybody's saying. But um, in terms of um, uh, investor confidence, I think it'll be there pretty quickly. If not already. Um, so, the other part of the equation is that now, as of last week, um, new home builders are, are back into work. Um, you know, construction companies and, and custom builders and all that, they're, they're back to work and, yeah. and moving along pretty quickly right away. So, uh, people have committed. Right, They've committed to buying new homes, thousands of them across the GTA. That's going to, in turn, get their homes on the market. And um, hey, some of them won't sell or some of them might have to take a discount. Uh, but there's uh, there's a lot of homes that are getting a lot of attention right now. Multiple offers are, are happening already um, because of uh, demand. Uh, mortgage rates are extremely low. Uh, so I think this all coupled together is is going to mean um, there are opportunities, and there's also going to be a lot of activity.
0: I agree completely, um, <clears throat> and uh, you know we're already seeing it. So, so let's talk. There's no denying it. Let's
1: talk about the best property. If 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 a client calls you right now, Adrian, yeah, and says, uh, I want to buy a rental property. Yeah, go your answer let's do
0: where, it uh, <laughs> i mean there's where, obviously variables that you need to take into consideration um whether they want to manage it on their own or they're hiring someone to manage it for them if they're doing it on their own then they want to think geographically what's feasible uh as far as the distance that they can go to do that uh then there's affordability um and um and then you know whether or not they actually do want to some people uh, might Want to, but don't have the funds to, uh, they might be better off investing in a REIT or something similar. But um, for first time investors, you know, I wouldn't overthink it. A lot of people say, Oh, should I buy a bigger detached home or a smaller townhouse or what would I get a better return on? As a percentage for what you're putting in, it'll often be very similar. Um, so I would, I think people should definitely not stretch themselves. Um, I think they should, I think it's very important to have a pool of uh, emergency funds available because as with any investment, it is a risk. Um, So they should have money available in case there's a month or two with no rent, whether it's in between tenants uh, or unforeseen circumstances like COVID where a tenant's not making any income and they need to make concessions and maybe help them out or whatever.
1: Even even unexpected expenses, um, especially... Pertaining to the property, uh, we've experienced that with um, one of our rentals. Uh, we got a call the other day about the uh, toilet making weird sounds, so we got to send a plumber over there and have it repaired. Uh, On the roof, we had uh, the roof repaired not long ago. Um, the uh, uh, the fridge uh, started to leak a couple of months ago, so all of a sudden, in the last two three months uh we've spent uh you know a few quite a few hundred dollars in just getting uh maintenance things done uh yeah. those are expected right it comes at the same time that we gave the tenant uh, a little bit of a discount on their uh, rent just for being nice guys uh during covid but um you know you don't expect those expenses and you've got to have some money set aside for that so that's a big consideration yeah uh, you talked about geo geographically staying close to home and depending on if you do hire uh, a management company or not, or, or what have you, I think having a property close to home is good period. Um, Because again, unexpected things come up, you want to check in on it yourself, potentially, even if you have a property manager, uh, you know, the area better. um, And, and it's just, I think it's good practice if you can to to keep it close to home. Uh, What does close mean? I would say within a half an hour drive, like if you can get it within walking distance or a short drive, that's amazing. uh, But not too many people have that luxury. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me right now, you know, I'm a big fan of three-story townhomes. Big, big, big fan. I've owned one myself um, I, I, you know, the, the one that I purchased, which was in, two, I purchased it, I believe in 2003 or 2004, so if you can imagine 16 or 17 years ago already, but they were one of the first, uh, three story townhomes built, uh, newer style, uh, built, uh, by Mattamy homes at, in Oakville. And, uh, since then they've pushed out a lot of those types of homes, what they dub as village homes. And I still think as an investor, if you don't want maintenance fees, okay, because a lot of people are afraid of that, maybe that's a whole other topic we can talk about some other time. But um, what I like about them is you don't have a backyard to maintain. You've got just a small front yard. Uh, There isn't a basement. So you're not worried about people uh, renting out storage space or having to grow up. Uh, although that's always challenging now, especially with uh, the laws and can do it in a bedroom, I suppose. But um, leaks, you know, floods, um, grading issues, all of those things yeah. are eliminated. We, we, well,
0: and they're relatively easy to rent.
1: And that, well, that's my final point. You know, they, they are some of the most affordable types of homes to purchase. And then they rent very, very well. Um, you know, young professional couples, young families, families, just starting out people that are in a condo need some more space. Um, you know, and it still gives people the versatility of having a driveway parking plus a garage. Uh, there is a little bit of extra storage in the garage. Plus you get the stairs storage and all that. Um, you get your balcony off the second floor which is beautiful for barbecuing and sitting outside. Again, Mm -hmm. not a lot of maintenance. You can throw some plants out there. Um, And most people like the second floor where it's living room, dining room, kitchen, for the most part, really open concept. Um, And having the bedroom separated is quite nice. So, um, you know, you can buy these types of homes now for... About six hundred thousand, like six to seven hundred thousand dollars is, is the range in Milton, um, a little bit higher in Oakville. Burlington doesn't have too many of them, uh, but they would be more or less in line, the same price in, in Burlington. There. He's also in Guelph, Kitchener, Waterloo area. Um, so pretty good areas to to look at. So I'm a big fan of these properties. I think that you have to look at the long term when you're um, when you're investing like that. And when the long term, when I mean long term, is is not a short flip, not a not a six month, a year, or anything like that. Once you get into two, year number two, the numbers might make sense for you to cash out on it. They might, they might not. But at if that
0: point, it depends on what you're doing with the money too. Like if you if you listen to most investors, rent and hold is Rent, hold, and then reinvest. Refinance it, reinvest. Um, right. That's a great strategy. And
1: keep, keep doing that on a, on a regular yeah. basis, right? The purchase, uh, rent it, get a good tenant in there, uh, pay, down the, um, pay down the mortgage and increase your uh, equity every year and then refinance that equity uh, uh, and leverage it to, to then purchase another. Uh, property. And that's going to become more and more feasible with mortgage rates right now being being so low and uh, purchase prices going up and, and tenant demand being up
0: as well. I agree. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the big thing comes down to affordability. And even with that, like refinancing and buying a second property, it's good to leverage those um, assets to increase your portfolio. Um, but at the same time, you need to be smart about it in making sure that as your portfolio grows, as does your risk, so you need to make sure that you're protected because if the market tanks and, or even if it doesn't, let's say you just have a bad luck and you get two bad tenants at the same time and now you're carrying two properties plus your primary residence, that's gonna put a big strain on the vast majority of people's finances. Um, And
1: A big uh, change in the mentality though right now is COVID. Right. Like people are going to come out of here saying, hey, that, that could happen again. And I don't want to be in the same or I don't want to be in a worse position. Um, yeah. If it does ever happen again.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's um, I mean, we've had good luck with our tenants. Uh, KT Property Management has had excellent uh, luck with all of their tenants. Uh, the company has had no issues with uh, rent coming in. Um some things uh, we actually had some, uh, well, we, you, you had mentioned that we gave a, a price reduction for a couple of months to our personal tenants. Uh, we also had a client of KTPM who gave a gift certificate to their tenant who happened to be a frontline worker. Uh, so that was very well received. So there are things you can do to minimize those risks also. Uh, and obviously, you're running a business and you have, really have to think of your tenant as your customer and treat them that way.
1: Yeah, I think that's a big miss that a lot of landlords miss is treating the property as a business, right? And um, I think that's actually where what I'm seeing from from our other company, from KTPM, is that um, the benefit of having the management company taking care of those things kind of alleviates having to run the business yourself and some people aren't, they don't have the time, the patience, the knowledge, or um, or the wherewithal. So um, I would say treating it as a business is the number one aspect after you've actually purchased something. Uh, whether it's the marketing, the presentation of it, the sourcing of tenants, uh, the way you're handling that tenant, which is your client essentially um and then the finances behind it all right and uh i mean i love the app that uh that we've got for our landlords and tenants where they can pop on and see all the debits and credits uh to the property and uh i think that was a great addition to to our portfolio of companies because uh, there's a real demand for that out there and um and it's tax deductible too right so at the end of the day the cost to people is is negligible so course, a little bit uh, self-promotion here and, and a little prejudice on it, but uh, um, if you don't hire a property management company, uh, you better be prepared to be investing time, money, and effort uh, into into that property to make it work and make it viable.
0: Yeah, which is fine, and a lot of people do, and they uh, they have no problem with it. That's just to each their own. Um, but just and that's a big thing with getting into investing in anything is you need to understand. Uh, what's involved? You know, don't go in blind. Um, educate yourself. Um, work with a realtor that can provide you the information you need um, to help you make the decisions and what to what property to purchase, and uh, and then subsequently find the right tenant. But I think at the end of the day, when it comes down to the type of property, I think you because I've had some people ask me the whole, should I buy bigger? Will I get a better return on the more expensive? Uh, house versus a smaller condo i think you're better to have more smaller units than you are lar- uh, fewer large units uh, so i would say to invest in the smaller more affordable properties um, because then if you have months where you don't have income you're risk is lower. Your expenses are lower. Multi-residential is great. If you can get a duplex, a fourplex, a larger property, if you can afford it, uh, that's even better. And then maybe if you have a duplex, you one tenant is gone one month, uh, maybe you're between tenants in one unit, you're still having some income. uh, So you're not out 100% of the cost.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I would prefer having you know, condos and small townhomes versus larger detached homes. Mm-hmm. Um, not only the out-of-pocket initial expenses, but the potential expenses going forward, right? Like if, yeah. if you replace the roof on a property, I'd rather do it on a small townhome than on a 3,000 square foot or whatever detached home. Um, so you got to take that into consideration. Um, and then in terms of what type of property, it also depends on where it is. Uh, what location you're honing in on, right? Like if you're um, downtown Toronto, you're not going to have too many options and, and condos are probably the best investment there anyways. Whereas in different areas like Oakville, as an example, a um, a condo might not be uh, the best option. So, um, so it all depends on geographic location, uh, of course, and you know, you talk about areas like Guelph as an example. I'm a big, big, big fan of Guelph right now and uh will be for, for a number of years going forward. Uh for, for the longest time, the best investment properties in Guelph were those that could house a bunch of students, right? If you're yeah. into that thing. Uh, but having five or six students pay five, six hundred bucks a month was was the norm. And you would come out cash flow positive uh, from it now we're seeing more and more families um, and young professionals move out to Guelph so so the di- dynamics of it has uh changed quite a bit and uh even students right like i'm I'm seeing parents now just renting a whole place for their kid uh, or sharing with their best friend no longer are uh, are there as many you know Homes with six to eight kids in it yeah. right in a- or some
0: parents that can afford you, they're buying the house and then renting right. them out to multiple students. yes, and in the end, it costs them little well, they often will make money uh, well a
1: huge opportunity there if you're you know if your kids going to Guelph University and uh, has a few friends that uh, they're all planning on moving in together and paying rent. I'd be that parent that says, well, hang on a minute, if you're all paying rent, it's gonna be to
0: me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think I ch- yeah, dude.
0: I think a lot of people perhaps uh, they're, you know, like we'll use Halton as an example. You live in Halton, you see house prices and the thought of owning a second property might um, be outside what you think is feasible because of the price point. So we we helped a number of people purchase outside of the area. So I think if you want to get your feet wet and in investing in real estate, you need to, um, be open-minded to going a little bit further out. Um, Cambridge, Guelph, great areas. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, depending on where you go is your demographic changes too. So the quality of tenants may change and it's very, we've said this before, it's very important. Um, that going back to running your, your rental as a um, business, your, the quality and condition of your house will attract a similar quality and type of person. So even in a place where your demographic might be a little bit more sketchy, if you take the initiative to make your property more attractive, uh, then you may be able to filter through a lot of those sketchy questionable people to find the few gems that do exist.
1: And that's true in any location though, right? Yeah. So if you have a little bit of a rundown home that's outdated, a little bit smelly, a little bit dirty because you had tenants in it or that's the way you bought it or whatever, when you're marketing the property, um, you're not going to attract somebody that's going to fall in love with the place. Right. You're going to attract somebody that needs to rent something and nobody else is either accepting them or your price is so cheap uh, that it's a no brainer for them, even if they have to invest a bit of money into the property. Yeah. So the best thing to do is have a place that's quote unquote, move and ready something that could be advertised as a home for sale and not just for, for rent, because you know, you want to attract a tenant that calls it their home and not just finding a place to live or settling on something because they can't get approved for any other rental property. Right. Yeah. So, Uh, that's, that's a very, very valid and very good point. And, uh, so that's why sometimes the, the location and the price, um, you know, are relatable a little bit, uh, when it comes to that, but also as you go further away from the core of the GTA and even in certain pockets of the GTA, right? Like you could be, um, let's say in Milton, if you need to take the go train every morning, and you're at the other end of town, it is a 15 to 20 minute drive in busy mornings now to the go train. Is that suitable or is having something close at hand there uh, more suitable for you? So all of those things go into consideration and then we'll uh, determine the pool of people you have to choose from, right? Because yeah. again, the more desirable the property, the better the location, uh, the bigger that pool is going to be. So if you have a shithole in the middle of buttfuck nowhere uh, you know, don't blame us if your uh, tenant isn't paying the bills kind of thing, right? So you got to do the, you got to do that due diligence and, and be prepared for for all the ups and downs that, that come with that. Um, if you had to purchase yourself, and forget about duplexes and multi-residential, because I know that's, going to be the next thing that comes out of your mouth. Oh, multi-residential he's been talking about it for years folks um realistically right now if you had to buy a property that you were going to hold on to for a bit maybe long term but not short term so mid to long term um You were open to that kind of half an hour, maybe a little bit longer drive from home. So half an hour radius around Milton. And your budget was open, but no more than, let's say, $700,000. Well,
0: that's a lot of money for an investment property for most people.
1: That's the cap, though. Is
0: it? I don't know. I think so.
1: Is it? Well, hang on. It depends on, on circumstances, obviously. right? Like If you've got 30 grand, you're not going to be buying a $700,000 house. But if you bought a home in Oakville, Milton, or Burlington five to 10 years ago, you're sitting on... I guarantee you, unless you were stupid with your money and, and had to refinance or pay off a shit ton of other debt, if you were good about it, you've got a bunch of equity sitting in your home right now. I guarantee you the average person can pull out 150 grand in equity, so there's yeah, but down- that
0: doesn't make that doesn't make a difference in terms of approval. I'm talking people getting approved, like for the av- We're talking average people here, so let's talk to the masses. And I, I believe that. So you're talking 120 thousand dollar household income. Yeah,
1: if, if you've got a 20 uh, percent down payment, and then you can provide a rental agreement, and half of that rental income is now considered in your mortgage approval. So the numbers are actually not uh, unrealistic for people to be able to do that. But I'll I'll open it up to you then. You well, tell me what if you if you're an average income earner right now at one hundred and twenty thousand dollars family income, and yeah. you get your money accordingly, you've got some equity or whatever. I think, that
0: is. I think I five five hundred is probably more reasonable.
1: Our client database: the family income is a lot more than one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. It's probably upwards between one fifty and two. So I, I, it depends what obviously that family household income is, but okay. Go what?
0: Well, I would think 500 is reasonable for the average person. Um,
1: Okay. So then let's, let's just say I'll use your number then, right? 500 grand, you got a hundred thousand dollars down payment, which is reasonable, especially if you're going to pull out some, I don't know, uh, GICs or fuck. I know people pulling out RRSPs now to even do this um or you're going to take a line of credit home line equity refinance new mortgage on the new pro- or, or, or your existing property whatever let's say it's 500 grand what are you buying you
0: what or where or both
1: yeah, yeah. Well, well what yeah. you can't buy a detached home <laughs> or a townhouse no, no, and- i know
0: but i'm saying uh okay so i would i i think that um and this is something you're saying we're holding for a bit, right?
1: Mid to long term. So three to 10 years, let's say.
0: Um, really, I, I I, don't think, I think people overthink it. I think whatever you can afford, just buy it. I, I think generally speaking as a percentage, most places are going to do equally well. Um, I think it comes down more to... Um, making sure that, I don't know, it's hard to convey, but I've helped many people buy condos in Milton as rental properties. They're doing exceptionally well. Uh, the market's not doing uh, right now. It's probably not as good as it was. Just fucking buy something. That's, right? that's what I think. Well, that's my point is I think people overthink it.
1: Yeah, but that's that's where I think it's our job to then help them through that process of thinking about yes. it. because if if we're just sitting back and saying, well, just fucking buy something, that's not helping their thought process. I think uh, condos specifically in Milton, and I'm not, again, no real prejudice to it. I live in Milton, work in Milton. Yes. Uh, I can select a few other locations like some areas in Burlington. Um, maybe a couple of the developments in uh, Oakville uh, I wouldn't touch Mississauga uh, for uh, condos right now. Um, there's there's a lot of condos in Mississauga. People are looking to drive a little bit further out for uh, affordability, get out of the hustle and bustle. Uh, maintenance fees tend to be a lot higher, and amenities a lot higher, which usually aren't too necessary out in these areas. Um, you can buy. A one bedroom, a one plus one for anywhere from kind of 420 to 470. That seems to be the range. I think those are going to provide a great, great return on, on a being able to rent it out. A lot of single people, a lot of elder folk, a lot of, um, you know, couples that just don't want the maintenance, snowbirds all these so many people and in milton there just isn't enough supply of them uh there are more buildings being built now
0: well that's Uh, my that was my uh what i was going to say is we had this conversation last november and i mentioned at that time that there was a number of um low rise and mid-rise condos that were going to be closing in the new year which they did and we've seen it shift so last year around in the in the fall and towards the end of summer um, we helped a number of people buy condos in Milton and they are buying them for under 400,000 and renting them out for sometimes $2,000 monthly. You can't, you can still rent it for actually rents actually come down a bit, but prices have gone up. So it's not as lucrative right now um, for that purpose. Although I do think there's still lots of opportunity for appreciation uh, because of the growth going on. So I don't think it's a bad option at all. Uh, so if it, proximity is close to your house, It's convenient, it's still a good option. Um, But I think as you go further west, um, the rents don't decrease substantially, uh, not nearly as much as the prices do. So I think sometimes if you're open-minded to go into Guelph, Cambridge, uh, Waterloo, uh, whatever, uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity out there where your purchase price is less, your rent's less, but proportionately not, uh, not reducing as much as the purchase price.
1: Yeah, I I think wealth has a a number of options. Where, like, for under five hundred thousand, you can still get a three-story townhome. Yeah, uh, and uh, and rent on it. Call it I don't know seventeen hundred bucks compared to um, paying six and a quarter in Milton and renting it for a couple grand. Right. So, uh, relativity in terms of what you're going to pay extra on your mortgage compared to the rent that you're going to lose out on. Um, sometimes it's better to look out that way. Um, but I love, I love cheap condos. I love cheap condos. Um, you got to make sure that the building is, is one that you're not going to get special assessments, <laughs> especially real quick. Yeah. Just the part you might have some financial issues going forward. Uh, I don't like ones that have a ton of amenities. Uh, I prefer if it doesn't have a pool, it, all you need is a gym and a community room. Uh, so on Milton, the, the development, uh, called Maple Cream and first there at, uh, uh, Maine and Maple. Uh, I love those. We've, we've helped clients purchase a number of them. I owned one that I had as a investment property. We're managing several of them in the, uh, buildings now, uh, with KTPM. So I think they're great. I think they're, um, going to provide a, a real nice return on the investment, uh, yeah location is phenomenal. Uh, they're pretty well managed. Uh, some of them are getting a little bit older now, so you gotta be careful on the maintenance fees and, and just do your due diligence. Um, the next
0: thing with that, and, and you know, it's a quite a conversation to have, not probably, probably too lengthy to go into detail with now, but maintenance fees are tax deductible. Um, yep. and if you buy a freehold home, just as we've had uh, recent experiences with the roof needing uh, repair the plumbing issues, uh, et cetera, you have expenses. Um, So with a condo.
1: And you're talking about expenses now, and I want people to fully understand, especially if you're a first time investor or you're, you're new to this, or you're thinking about it, whatever you have your revenue, which is your gross rent, right? So let's say you're getting a thousand dollars a month in rent from that number. All of your expenses are being deducted. So your mortgage interest, um any any expenses to maintain uh the property um uh ongoing expenses um you might have insurance uh property management fees all of those things are getting deducted from your gross rent now people tell me i want a cash flow positive uh property well that's great and all but if you it's want to
0: put vi- 50% down you may get it <laughs> Right, yeah.
1: That's it's not feasible with a twenty percent down uh, uh mortgage in most most cases. Uh but well, not in up, the
0: beginning, but five years from now.
1: Yeah, different story. Uh but we're talking as of today. So most people, I believe, that truly will take the step in investing in uh, income properties are going to be at a higher tax rate. Uh you know, you're talking Forty to fifty percent tax rate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're taking a loss on it, it's getting subtracted from from your income. So even your loss is is only a fifty percent loss of what it actually is. And meanwhile, that property is growing, um, and you're paying down the uh, the mortgage. You're paying down the interest every month by about forty to fifty percent. Um, and your appreciation is probably going to be on average 6% uh, over the 10-year period. That's a hell of a return. If you're talking 5 to 10 years, you're talking equity of 150000 to $300,000 um, on, on that $500,000 investment. That's a hell of a return on, on your investment.
0: I think the biggest thing, I think that you nailed it with uh, the perception of cash flow positive. It, it really doesn't exist uh, under 90% of circumstances um, for the average person. So, I, you know, I don't know where they've got that frequency that of notion that they can accomplish that. But what they need to think is more long term, because as uh, they hold on to that property, uh, not only are they building equity in it, um, but rents are increasing annually, um, on average, about 2%. Uh, so five years from now, uh, you're you're collecting significantly more than you were. And maybe at that point, you're cash flow positive. Uh, and then you've paid down your mortgage significant, significantly. Um, so it's, it's about the long game uh, with rental properties. And you're right, all of a sudden, especially for people that are not self-employed and don't have the benefits of being able to write things off, all of a sudden now you have a lot of taxable deductions from your cell phone, reasonable costs for your uh, for and, and automotive.
1: Here, and only to the people that are listening, but, uh, you know, there are landlords out there that if you, uh, you purchased a box of nails, it might have been for, for your investment property.
0: <laughs> I am not getting in on this conversation.
1: You don't want to be audited?
0: No, exactly. <laughs> our, our books
1: are really clean and I uh, have no issues there. But um, no, but uh, realistically, uh, any, any expenses, are. you're right. You have, you have a deduction. And even to the point where the debate could be, and uh, I, I, I don't know, I'm not an accountant and I'm not in that position, but if you are not self-employed, like you said, and don't have the ability to deduct items, if you are self-managing that property, uh, your car potentially, depending on what you're doing with that investment property, uh, could be some portion of it could be deductible.
0: Yeah, uh, it is. I, I was uh, well recently with we were talking about uh, taxes, and uh, it, it clearly states that reasonable automotive expenses um, can be deducted. I mean, anything related to it, if you need to take phone calls related to it, if you need to drive, all of a sudden your gas, your maintenance, your uh, car payment, your insurance, um, those things, you can now write off a, a reasonable uh, portion of it that might be associated with that business. Yep. So,
1: uh, you know, there's there's a lot of benefits behind the scenes that people don't really think about un, un, unless they're um, really into it. So. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things to consider, uh, for those of you listening, we love talking about this stuff. So make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube channel and, uh, giving us a thumbs up, following us, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, you know, we're going to start getting a lot more into in-depth conversations like this, where we, where we nail down specifics and, and give you our insights and, uh, uh this is all free, folks. So uh it doesn't get better than that. Uh Adrian, what is your outlook on um on rentals and tenants now over the next uh two, three, four months? Like as we for the rest of 2020, let's say, right? We're in we're into June pretty much. So um for the for the rest of the year, uh is the demand for rentals going to go up? And are the uh, up or down? And uh, what are the prices of rentals going to do, do you think?
0: I suspect uh, very much in line with my uh, views on what's going to happen with the general uh, industry in in terms of resale uh, as well. And um, I think that come... I think that in September, we'll see a very similar market to what we typically experience in the spring. Uh, there's a lot of people right now holding off on selling um, with anticipation of things getting back to normal. And I think we're going to see sometime in the fall, early fall, uh, late summer, we're going to see, and we're already starting to see it, a lot of those buyers coming out, um, but we don't have the inventory yet because the sellers are waiting to see the activity. Uh, so yep. we're going to have more buyers come out uh more tenants coming out uh, more competition and then all of a sudden we're going to have more inventory once everybody says oh well things are certainly back to normal we should list now it's a good time to list um, yep. but you know nevertheless I, i'm confident that um prices and um, for rent and for uh home values will be increasing because um the demand is there and we uh, see it da- uh, daily
1: it's all on about the demand and also what i think a lot of people are going to be contemplating is do i want to move based on my experience of self isolating right. you know if if you were locked in your house like we've been for the last 10 or 11 weeks and now just starting to slowly you know, creep out of the house with full gear and whatnot. Um, although I can tell you, I probably never do my grocery shopping in store again. Uh, I've got this whole online home delivery thing nailed, and it's great. Uh, but you know, I think what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to say, "Well, we need more room, we need more space," yeah, uh, or I or hate we this- can't
0: or we can't afford what we have. One way or another,
1: and, and right. Whether you're renting or, or, or uh, the home ownership side of it, um, you know, there's going to be affordability issues. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people that have been laid off. Don't didn't have three, four five months reserve, uh, and are now pinching pennies or going to have to. So if they had a three bedroom home and one of the bedrooms was used as a home office or a guest room, sorry, we might be down to two bedroom home now. Um, or vice versa, somebody with a two-bedroom home. Hey, there's a lot of people that are going to have babies uh, early. Well, to I make. was
0: just going to say that there are so many different situations that will arise out of this. And one of them is realizing they're spending too much money and they should downsize in case this happens again, so they have some money in reserve. Another one will be they, need, they realize they need more space because they can't stand being so close in confined quarters with their family. Another one will be Nine months from now, there will be a surplus of babies coming and people will need bigger homes. Another thing will be people are going to get divorced. I've already started to see it and hear stories about it, and they will need to move as well. So uh, yep. combine all of that, it's just it's going to get busy.
1: If you didn't like your spouse going into COVID, you certainly are not going to like them coming out of it. So <laughs> we are divorce specialists and uh, have done... A number of deals over the years yes. on, uh, on that kind of transaction. Anyways, uh, this was episode 80. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed listening to it. Again, um, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. You can watch it. You go straight to ktconfidential.ca. Takes you right to the playlist. You can see all 80 episodes. Make sure you're following and liking us on any of the platforms you're listening to your podcast on. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, lots of content there for you. Check out the blog. Uh, thank you for listening or watching. Uh, send us a comment. Let us know what you want us to talk about in the next episode.
0: Ciao. Have a good night. Good day. It's <laughs> still early. I know. It's not even noon. It's See you. a long day ahead of us.